Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast in our Be Listening series. So for this episode, we are fortunate to have with us the CEO and co-founder of C3, Eddie Fitzgerald-Barron. So welcome to the podcast, Eddie. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> so are we. <laughs> so can you give us just an introduction to C3 um, and just yeah, explain how the business came about? Yeah, of course. Um, so C3 is now coming up to about three years old in, in total. Um, we incorporated in July 2019 uh, and we actually launched our first kind of business in July 2020. Um, it started off as a carbon footprint calculator for individuals. So um, me, and, me and a friend built a, a calculator that would help individuals measure their carbon footprint. And we still use some of those algorithms that we built then for our workforce calculations now. Um, and we quickly realized that we weren't sort of B2C marketeers. Um, I've got some experience in uh, B2B stuff and we realized actually we could help small businesses uh, in the same way as we were building uh, these, this sort of tool for uh, individuals to help them understand their carbon footprints. Um, we, we realized that there's not a lot of content out there for smaller businesses. It's kind of mainly directed at big corporates um, and, that, and we, wanted to, we wanted to change that. So we looked into working with smaller businesses. Um, yeah, it kind of st- it started, you know, as all the good business ideas do, it started in, in a pub with my oldest friend, Adam. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, he, he was completing a PhD in data science at the time. And we realized that this was a problem for sort of data, uh, data processing and data science. Um, and that's, that's how it came about. Uh, it was his idea initially, uh, and we built it together. And, and now we're sort of, yeah, we've got just under 50 clients. Uh, we've got two new team members. So we're now a team of four. And we're just uh, sort of riding that organic growth um, wave, I guess, um, as an environmental consultancy. Wow, that is so interesting um, and cool. <laughs> Pub seem like a good place to, to start a new business. Um, yeah. So what are the different ways in which businesses, um, and like you said, you work with small businesses, they can measure their impact on the environment and how can this um, be applied to events? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I guess, first of all, it might be interesting to just explain that there are different uh, areas that you can impact um, the environment. And we really primarily focus on one of those areas. So, you know, there are there are all sorts of other areas such as waste and water and plastic usage and all sorts of things that need to be accounted for and, and taken into consideration. Um, but we really focus on greenhouse gas emissions, so carbon footprints. Um, that's really where our expertise lies and where our speciality lies. Um, so in that in that kind of intro to uh, carbon emissions, um, and the reason why we really focus on that is because of of, of the global of global warming. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the most recent IPCC report that came out a few days ago, um, but it basically says that we need to start bringing our level of emissions down. Um, in three years time so by 2025 we need to have reached the peak um, which is quite quite daunting quite scary yeah um, we kind of need to turn it around so yeah we focus on emissions so that's that's just sort of why we why we focus on that now in terms of the different ways that businesses can measure so back to the question sorry I kind of sidetracked a little bit there um, <laughs> yeah the, the, the different ways in which businesses can measure their carbon emissions um, there are kind of three methodologies, and these are all part of the greenhouse gas protocol, which is the methodology of how to calculate a carbon footprint. Um, first of all, is the activity-based uh, sort of method, and that is taking 
you know, real sort of numbers like kilometers driven or um, distance traveled, um, you know, fuel used in a generator, for example. These are like real activity based um, numbers that we can then convert into carbon emissions. Sorry, excuse me. That we can convert into greenhouse gas emissions and understand the carbon footprint. And that's the most accurate way of measuring a carbon footprint and, and, and the way that we should always strive to do it. Um, then there's the, so, so that's sort of the, the first port of call. And, and that's, if you've got the data for that, that's the method you should use is, is by using real numbers. Then there's the spend based method, which is um, still a good sort of proxy. It's a good, an easy way to understand your emissions, but it's literally taking the amount spent in a, in a certain area and multiplying it by a conversion factor to give you the carbon emissions again. So, you know, you spend a hundred pounds on office furniture, you multiply that by a number and that gives you a carbon footprint of that office furniture. Um, again, it's a great quick way to measure your emissions, but it's not quite as accurate as the activity base. It's not saying we bought four chairs. Um, it's just saying we spent a hundred pounds on office furniture um, and it's not quite as accurate and it's very difficult to then plot reductions based on that. Um, spend base. And then finally, there's the kind of averages. So where the data isn't available, if you don't have activity base, if you don't have the spe uh, any spending data, then you can use averages. So, so as an example, in the event space, uh, sort of good to bring this back to events, I guess, saying, you know, this, this event had 100 attendees or, or 1000 attendees, therefore, the carbon footprint is x based on averages. Um, and that you kind of want to start with activity base. You want to start with the real numbers. If you don't have that data, you can then use spend base. If you don't have that data, you can then use averages. Um, does that kind of make sense? Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you mentioned a lot of buzzwords um, and there are so many buzzwords flying around when we talk about um, sustainability. Um, can you just briefly explain what carbon neutral actually means in practice for those who may not um, know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry for using so much uh, jargon. No, it's, it's, it's one of the things that we as a company really want to sort of get away from, because I think it, it kind of scares businesses a little bit as in not knowing what all these different things mean and, and worrying that you're going to say the wrong thing. And, you know, that there's, there's definitely an element of um, overuse of jargon in the space. And I, and I really don't want that to be the case. So yeah, please, if there's anything that doesn't make sense, please ask and I'll, I'll try and explain <laughs> in the best in the best of my ability. So Carbon neutral um, is not the same as net zero. So they're two different things. Carbon neutral is something that you can achieve short term uh, and net zero is a long term sort of strategy that you want to achieve by a certain date. And, and actually this understanding just that simple fact uh, really helps. It's something that I didn't uh, understand right at the beginning of this journey, sort of two years ago, two and a half years ago thing. Um, you know, net zero, carbon neutral, surely that means the same thing. And why are all these companies setting net, uh, carbon, new, carbon neutral target or net zero targets for 2050 when they could achieve carbon neutrality relatively short term? It's because they're different, right? So carbon neutral, again, is that short term thing. To achieve carbon neutrality, all you need to do is measure your carbon emissions from the previous year across three different scopes. So your direct emissions that you're causing, uh, the indirect emissions where you're purchasing energy, and your supply chain or your value chain emissions related to everything else that the business is doing. You measure those emissions, you then set out reduction targets um, to achieve reductions in real emissions in, those, in that calculation of real emissions. And then you offset those emissions by supporting verified emissions reductions or projects that are reducing emissions. And, and once you've done those three steps, you are, you are carbon neutral as an entity. 
Now that is okay. in line with the, with the standards. So there are there are some companies out there that will claim carbon neutrality but haven't followed the standard. And I'm not talking about that. Unfortunately, that does go on. But this is sort of talking about the past 2060, which is the international standard. So it's just a case of measuring, setting out targets, offsetting, and then you're carbon neutral. Net zero is the end of that reduction, sort of the end of that um, goal. So you've reduced your emissions by 90%. You, you, you started, you calculated, you, then you reduced your emissions by as much as you possibly can. And it might be 10, 15, 20 years before you can achieve that. And then you can say you're net zero. Um, so that's just a, a bit of a difference between those two things, those two buzzwords that are thrown out quite a lot. Um, yeah. Nice. Thank you for defining them. Yeah, it's really helpful. Um, and yeah, what advice would you give to event organisers um, when planning an event to ensure that they reduce their carbon footprint? Um, and yeah, do you think that it's actually possible to have a carbon neutral event? Yeah, really, really good question. And um, I mean, there, there are some sort of there are some quick with all of these things, there are, there are real quick, easy wins. And then there are kind of slightly more difficult longer term strategies that should be considered. So starting off with the sort of real quick and easy things like, for example, um, you know, sourcing things locally, making sure the produce is local. If the audience are going to be all in London, don't do the event in New York, let's just say, for example, because then you have to fly everyone yeah. over to that <laughs> place to, to do that. So that's quite a simple thing, keeping things local, um, making sure that everything is based in the same area so that travel is reduced to an absolute minimum. Um, a way to, to reduce travel even even more is to have a, have a virtual option. So have a sort of um, a way that people can dial into the event and not actually be there in person, because it might be that people from from abroad would have to normally fly over we're actually just just for a single event where actually they could just dial in and get all the information they need and connect with all the people they need to as long as the right things are in place um so those those are kind of quick easy wins i guess um keeping things local and, and making sure it's a virtual option in terms of the longer term stuff is it's about measuring because we want to understand and, and sort of collecting information and collecting data and making sure that data is really um sort of specific and and sort of full and got as much information as possible because you want to know where the emissions lie. You don't want to focus on, um, you know, let's say that the whole focus around the events might be um, choosing vegan food rather than meat-based food. Okay, that's a great, great step to do. But actually, if it's if it's dwarfed by the um, the travel emissions uh, and the sort of the, you know, other parts of the event that you haven't realized are a huge in comparison, you know, order of magnitude different. It might be that the travel-based emissions is 100 tons and the food-based emissions is only five tons. And you're focusing all your effort on the food-based emissions where actually the travel-based emissions are really, really high. So in the longer term strategy, once you've done those things is, is to measure them and to really understand the different areas that you can reduce. And that will then help you with those reduction techniques or help you with what, where to focus. Um, um, mm. So I guess with also with that with that measurement side of things, um, it's and I was sort of saying getting really good data is, is important because that's that's what we're trying to do actually um, with working with Broadsword on, on these types of things is to understand to, to be able to, to to automatically or to process data so that we can uh, you know literally spit out a carbon footprint of an event based on things that are already being collected. That's the absolute dream, so that people don't have to go through this process of um, entering lots of details to, to understand the carbon footprint um, yeah. yeah 
Amazing. Oh, and also, hang um, on, sorry, you asked about carbon neutral event. Can you have a carbon neutral event? Yes, you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't answer that question. <laughs> so, yes, you can. So, in the same way that having a carbon neutral company, you measure the emissions related to that event and you support projects that are um, reducing emissions, and you can then balance out the emissions that have been caused by that event, making it carbon neutral. Now, I'd, I'd almost want to go a step further than that. So carbon neutral is, is great. And it's again, it's that good first step. But how can we get to a net zero event where actually emissions are at an absolute minimum that they, that they need to be? And that's mm. that's a real key focus and a really cool area to be working on is how can we reduce those emissions as much as we possibly can um, before we start offsetting them and calling them carbon neutral? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. Um, and yeah, just last question, how can businesses um, or how do you think businesses can support other environmental projects as part of a CSR campaign? Um, do you have any recommendations, anything like that? Yeah, so I think it's it's really important for businesses to be supporting um, projects and environmental projects. And actually, um, when it comes to offsetting projects, they're not just about um, going back to that kind of the beginning of our conversation around um, uh, around the sort of different environmental impacts of businesses. Um, these offsetting projects often aren't just um, for reducing emissions. They also have other benefits and other uh, core uh, ESG uh, um, sort of uh, yeah, benefits to to uh, the environment. <clears throat> so, just sort of using an example. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Um, just I'll just pause there. Um, just using an example of, um, of sort of gold standard ver verified offsets. So we work with um, projects that are verified by a third party. And as part of that verification process, they have to have, they have to be in line with one of the 17 SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals. I'm not sure if you heard about um, SDGs, um, but they're kind of what a lot of people base their CSR strategies on. A lot of companies based on that. So these projects are reducing emissions, which is one of the SDGs is, is climate action, but they're also improving, you know, um, improving water um, uh, to, to local villages, improving uh, economic um, benefits for um, local people. And there's all sorts of other benefits that come with the projects as well, um, which will help with uh, CSR and those side of things. So I think my, my only recommendations is that with that is to make sure that you're supporting projects that have been vetted, that have been verified. Um, there are lots mm -hmm. of tree planting projects out there that are relatively low cost. We, we support them ourselves. We have um, a number of tree planting projects that we have that are low cost tree planting. We do not use those low cost tree planting projects for offsets. Um, they're a separate thing because they haven't been verified uh, as, as, as reducing that amount of emissions. They are additional and, and, and fantastic to do, but they are not balancing out the emissions that have been caused um, by a certain entity because they've not been verified by a third party to make sure that's happened. Um, I hope that kind of makes sense. So yeah, I guess it's just make sure you do your research, understand yeah. all the different um, options and make sure they're kind of vetted and verified um, as much as they possibly can be. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty much, no, pretty much all definitely. the information I can have. Yeah, no, they're great. <laughs> Literally, they're, they're great. Thank you so much um, for your insight and for coming on our podcast today. It has really been fantastic to hear about the work that you and your company are doing um, and just your insight and what we can do in the events industry to 
be more sustainable and work towards um, net zero. Now, is there anything else that you would like to add, Eddie, or is everything that you have said? I think it's really important just to, to, to say to everyone listening as well, like it, let's all try and what we need, we need to all be working together on this. Uh, everyone needs to be collaborating. Everyone needs to be helping each other. And the real ambition needs to be real reductions of emissions. We need to, like I said earlier, the IPCC report states we need to be turning this around in three years time. And the emissions, emissions need to be coming down and we need to have half them by 2030. So I guess it's just a call to action for everyone to be collaborative in this space and to um, to really help reduce emissions on a global scale. Uh, that would be the final thing to add. Thank you, Eddie, so much for coming on our podcast today. It has been fantastic to hear about the work that you're doing and your insight into what we can do in the events industry to be more sustainable. Um, and thank you for those listening to if you found this insightful, we will be providing links to all the recommendations and resources discussed on our website at wearebroadsword.com. Um, or you can follow our socials at Broadsword Event House on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook or Broadsword Group on Twitter.